Welcome to a new week of Ew, That's Creepy. This week, we are talking about county fair kidnappings, both of which are technically unsolved. Melissa is sharing the disappearance of 13-year-old Cinda Palais and Charlotte Kinsey, a heartbreaking and frustrating case from 1981. Please be aware that this episode discusses sexual assault, kidnapping, and murder. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of Ew, That's Creepy! What's up, spooky cats? We're back, and this week we're gonna be talking about unsolved county fair kidnappings, disappearances. County fair kidnappings. We're getting summary, but these stories are sad as always, so sorry. But, I mean, you guys, you guys know what's up with it. So ours both are unsolved, quote unquote. Mine is quote unquote unsolved. I'm going to be talking about the disappearance of Cinda Palais and Charlotte Kinsey. And the girls were last seen on September 26, 1981. The girls were both 13 years old. Cinda Palais was of Mexican descent, and she was just five foot, weighed around 80 pounds had dark brown hair, dark eyes, and a small scar below her eyebrow. She's tiny. Tiny, tiny girl. Charlotte was also 13, and she was about 5'1", 5'2", and only weighed about 100 pounds, so she is also teeny tiny. She had blue-gray eyes and strawberry blonde shoulder-length hair, and a small dot-shaped scar below her left eye. And I did see a report that Charlotte was suffering from depression at the time of her disappearance and reportedly had tried to take her own life in the weeks prior by overdosing. But I don't really think that that has any weight in this case because, like, she was excited to go to the fair and you'll see in the rest of the story. So, on September 26, 1981, Cinda and her friend Charlotte attended the Oklahoma State Fairgrounds in Oklahoma City. It was the first time that the two girls attended the fair without their parents since they were only 13. So sad. No. Makes it even more sad. I was going to say, that makes it so much worse. I know. During the fair, Charlotte called her mother to let her know that they had been offered a job at the fair by a local... by an employee. So Charlotte basically told her mom that this employee at the fair offered to pay them, I think it was $5, to unload plush toys from a truck. That's random. Yeah. Charlotte's mother, too, was hesitant, but she agreed. She said, I'll let you do it, but you have to call me at 9 p.m. and let me know that everything went okay and that you're about to still sleep at Cinda's house. And Charlotte agreed. And Cinda also said, you know, like, I have to call my mom, too, around 9 to let her know when to pick us up from the fair. So we'll just call our moms around the same time and we'll be good. But sadly, around 9 p.m., neither the Kinsey or the Palais household received phone calls from their daughters. After the fair was fully over and it got into nighttime and neither Cinda or Charlotte had returned home, 
their parents went to the Oklahoma City Police Department and reported the two girls missing. The Oklahoma City Police Department were on it pretty fast because the girls were so young and when they scoured the fairgrounds and stuff, I love that word, scoured. <laughs> when they scoured the fairgrounds looking for any signs of the girls, they didn't see anything. You know, it wasn't just that the girls had spent the night out or anything. They really did seem like they were, they disappeared. So police officers then began to poke around the fair undercover and in uniform and the family set up a booth at the fair to take any tips or any information related to Cinda and Charlotte. Luckily for police, really early on, there were a lot of people, teenagers and then parents who were saying that they saw a man who was dressed as an Oklahoma County Fair employee and he was offering children $5 to help with little jobs or at the fair. Which to me is, like, really creepy. I agree. I think that's creepy as hell. Like, as a parent, I would almost go up to him and be like, why only kids? Yeah, why? It's just weird. But, I mean, it's the 80s, so I think yeah. kind of just we're so suspicious now. But Different time, different place. Yeah. But this did fit to what Charlotte had told her mother on the phone, that an employee offered them a little job. And here is the description straight from the Charlie's, the Charlie Projects page on Cinda Pelle's disappearance. This is the description of the man. Quote, he was 35 to 50 years old, between 6'1 and 6'3 feet tall, 200 to 250 pounds, with silver dark hair, a mustache, a full dark beard with gray streaks, hairy muscular arms. He wore silver wire-rimmed eyeglasses, a strawberry, strawberry, oh my god, a straw cowboy hat, <laughs> strawberry hat, oh my god, like strawberry shortcake, like one of those little bonnet hats, stop, don't make him cute, he's no, disgusting. he's disgusting, I'm sorry, sorry, let me get back into the quote, he, he, oh god, started over, fuck, he was 35 to 50 years old, between 6'1 and 6'3 feet tall, 200 to 250 pounds, with dark hair, a mustache, a full dark beard with gray streaks and hairy muscular arms, he wore silver wire-rimmed eyeglasses, a straw cowboy hat, a brown striped cowboy shirt or a plaid shirt, cowboy boots, a digital watch on his left wrist, a leather belt tooled with the name Joseph and a yellow badge. He drove a tan two-door 1980 or 1981 Pontiac Grand Prix with a half-vinyl roof and South Dakota license plate, end quote. That's so detailed. Such a detailed description. So this is how many people said I, I basically saw this creepy guy. I mean, yeah, the county fair, I'm sure. Yeah. So There's like hundreds of people. Exactly. Which is pretty brazen to kidnap kids from it. I know. Two teenage boys came forward and told police on the night of Cinda and Charlotte's disappearance that they were also approached by the same man who offered them money to help unload a truck of plush toys, and the boys confirmed that Cinda and Charlotte were also with this man, basically, and the man said kind of like the four of them would help. He then drove the four teens the two boys, Cinda and Charlotte, out to a truck stop on Interstate 40, claiming that that was where the truck was. However, when they arrived, there was no truck, so the man told the boys to just get out and wait while he would drive the girls to find the truck. 
And unfortunately, he drove away, and he never came back, and the boys didn't see Cinda or Charlotte after that. That's the creepiest story I've ever heard. Like, it's so obvious that he's just abducting them. And I know the boys were children, so I don't blame them at all. No. But it's like, what a creepy story to tell them. Like, you know that they all thought something was up, but probably sadly just didn't say it because they're children. Yeah, because they feel uncomfortable and don't want to say anything. And that breaks my heart, but... After police learn of this story, they clearly are like, okay, we need to find this man who everyone's been describing. And let me just say, too, early on, there was some conflicting media coverage that the it was saying the two boys who went to the police were Cinda and Charlotte's boyfriends, which I think at first was, like, a looking a little suspicious, but those reports were not true, and it was confirmed that the two teens had met solely because of this weird, creepy, gross man. <laughs> So then police are trying to find this man, and they do, after some more snooping around, find the yellow badge that fit the description of this man. So they find his badge, and the name on it is Don Corey. So they find this Don Corey, and he is a local 36-year-old carnival worker and a drifter. He did bear a strong resemblance to the suspect described because they did, you know, have some police drawings of what everyone described. They were like, okay, it's clearly this Don Corey person and he's just stupid enough to leave his badge. They basically put a warrant out for his arrest and just assumed he kidnapped the girls. They find Don Corey, they arrest him on the spot, but shortly after his arrest, all the charges are dropped because they are he is able to prove he was in Dallas, Texas, and he wasn't even working at the Oklahoma State Fair. Wow. I know. So when Don Corey, they strike out with that because they don't really have anything. So they're like, okay, obviously he's not even an employee of the fair. He is just posing as it. So they basically know that it's this guy, but they can't find out who it is. Police, they are like, okay, we need to put up a reward. So the Oklahoma City Police Department puts up $5,000 for any tips leading to the girl's disappearance. Crime Stoppers throws in $2,000, and the families of the girls were able to also put up $1,000. And then the Highland West Middle School also held a fundraiser for reward money for any tips. So this is how much people were dedicated to getting tips. Yeah, that's a lot. And with all of that money, like, I think it was almost like $10,000. And in the 80s, so it's more. Right? They still didn't get any tips. Damn. So they started to, like, later on get some tips, you know, once the money was posted. But none of these could be actually really backed up. But some of them are a little weird. So they got tips that the girls were in Germany, in California, in Maryland... Then there was a tip that they were seen with a few Hispanic men wearing uniforms at a pier in New Jersey. Cinda's father heard that a man named James Miller confessed to friends that he had killed the girls. And then Charlotte's older sister, Lisa, even claimed that her boyfriend at the time told her he received a phone call from Charlotte where Charlotte said, help, I can't get a hold of Lisa. That's really creepy. That could never be confirmed, and that was one little tidbit that was thrown in there. But I was like, I would need some more research on that. That's weird. Yeah, that one sounds super suspicious. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. It, it's like, obviously, the carnival worker who was seen that night, but it's just so, why would you say that? Yeah. A name that continuously came up in the investigation was 
Royal Russell Long, a carnival worker and a part-time truck driver. What a name. I know. Superhero name. But he's super disgusting. (laughs) The first evidence that came up were tips that he resembled the sketch that was going around because they did have a sketch of all the reports since everyone said it was the same person. And so people were like, Royal Russell Long looks just like that sketch. Hmm. And when police dug a little further into this, because they knew at the time in 1981 that he looked like the sketch, but now that they've kind of dug back into the case years later when they didn't get any tips, they're like, huh, Royal Long, actually, his job at the time was a truck driver. And so he was in Oklahoma City for his work at the time before Cinda and Charlotte's disappearance. Hmm, what a coincidence. Long also had a history of violence and sexual assault allegations. And when questioned, Royal Long's daughter admitted to police that her father had molested her for years and even once told her that he could only be sexually satisfied by children younger than 13. That is so disgusting. I hate him. He's a foul pig. So, like I said, it's three years after the whole disappearance now, and police are finally starting to dig into Long. I don't know why finally now, but when they dig into things, they are like, okay, let's go back and find this vehicle that everyone said that he was driving. So, they find that Long had rented a Grand Prix during his time in Oklahoma, and so they get some, they um, investigate the vehicle because they're able to find it. So when they investigate that rented car, the rented Grand Prix, detectives are able to find 13 brown scalp hairs that were determined to be from Cinda Palais, as well as cat and dog hairs that were determined to be her cat and dog. Wow. Bloody hairs matching the color of Charlotte's hair were found in the corner of the floor mat, and a bloody boot print was also found on the other floor mat. But at the time, in 1985, police sadly couldn't test the blood that they found for DNA to actually link it back to the girls. So that's a huge bummer. But I'm like, why couldn't they test it now? Like, do you not yeah, have it Yeah, I was thinking that. Why didn't they preserve it and they could test it now? Girl, let's join them. Let's be detectives. <laughs> so they, after they get all this evidence from his car, they also go to his home in Wyoming and they find a blonde lock of hair, but sadly, again, they couldn't confirm that it was Charlotte's because they said there was no root in place, and at the time, they couldn't test for hairs unless it had a root. Damn it. With all of this evidence, though, stacked against Royal Russell Long, police are finally able to make an arrest in August 1985 for kidnapping and first-degree murder. Long pled not guilty and claimed that the police were just trying to pin this disappearance on him because there was another case against him for another murder and kidnapping of another local girl, which I'm going to get into in a minute. But in October 1985, there was a hearing to determine if Long could even go on trial for murder because the girl's bodies were never found. The prosecution brought forward all their evidence, and they even found two more teenage girls who testified that Long approached them on September 26, 1981, asking if they wanted to work for him. And these girls said that they grew suspicious of him and just walked away. 
He definitely did it. <laughs> the defense claimed that there was no evidence that Cinda and Charlotte were even dead, though. And they brought forward claims of the girls being spotted in Miami and that they had been involved in sex work and pornographic films. Says who? I know. And I'm like, if they're involved in a pornographic film, why don't you take a picture or a screenshot of the face of one of the girls? And yeah. Let's see it then. Exactly. Like, that seems like it just came out of the blue. I know. This hearing in 1985 actually ended up with the judge throwing out many of the charges brought against Royal Russell Long, and the judge claimed that the evidence that they did bring Long's daughters with the molestation accusations and things like that, they said that didn't hold up in court because it didn't really matter in this case. And then they said that the boys who testified to being with Cinda and Charlotte and Long in the car... They, the judge said that since they were hypnotized in their interviews, that that wouldn't hold up either. And he basically, like, wouldn't let them be, um, testify. What about the DNA? Uh, I don't know. The kidnapping charges were thrown out as well for lack of evidence. (sighs) But the prosecution appealed the kidnapping charges removal following the verdict, and they won that appeal. Okay, good. While waiting for the next trial... Long was offered a plea deal if he would admit his guilt and show police where the bodies were buried. But Long didn't take the plea deal, and the trial reconvened in December 1985. And again, all the charges were thrown out by the judge for a lack of evidence, even the kidnapping charges. I'm irritated. (laughs) Jackie's shaking her head. In disgust. When the trial ended, the families of Cinda and Charlotte spoke out in disapproval and saying how upset they were. And they actually told the media that Long called them multiple times during the trial and said that only he knew the truth regarding the girls' disappearances. I literally hate him. Electric chair. <laughs> okay, and now let me just give a little side note just so you guys can see, like, how much... I really do think that this guy did it because the case that he was on trial for, like, basically at the same time, was so similar. So, on September 18th, 1984, three years after Cinda and Charlotte's disappearance, Long um, abducted two hitchhikers. One was a 12-year-old girl named Sharon Bald Eagle and a 15-year-old girl named Sandy. I didn't get her last name, but... The two girls were hitchhiking, and Long kidnapped them and was sexually assaulting both of them. And Sandy, the 15-year-old, was able to escape and call police. Sadly, when police arrived, Long was already gone, and Sharon was gone as well. No! A 12-year-old girl. That is so sad, and I can only imagine how... Was it Sandy who got away? I can only imagine how Sandy felt like the survivor's guilt traumatizing it's just so horrible and to already go through what she went through mm-hmm. luckily though sherry was or sorry sandy was able to identify that um it was long who had done this and so she went they went on trial for that and long in this case again could only be charged with a stupid kidnapping because Sharon's remains were never found. What about rape? Yeah, so Long claimed that he did have consensual sex with the two underage girls. He said that it was basically like their pay for him driving them somewhere. 
but he said he didn't kidnap them and he said that he just put Sharon like on a bus and sent her to another town wherever she wanted to go. Even that sounds more like coercion than consent to me, but... Sharon is 12. Yeah, literally, that's not even a legally viable defense, but... And Sandy's 15. Good try, I guess. Long took a plea deal for this, and he was sentenced to two life terms for the kidnapping of Sandy and Sharon. What? Yes! Yeah. They had to have... They had to have put the sexual assault charges in there, too. There's no way that he got that, and they didn't... Or they realized they messed up on the other one. They just didn't have enough evidence for the, like, other two girls. So they're like, let's hit them hard with this one. Maybe. In 1993, Royal Russell Long died of a heart attack while serving his sentences in a Wyoming penitentiary. Hmm. So Royal Russell Long, he was never confirmed to be the murderer or kidnapper of Cinda and Charlotte. But many people, including both families, believe that Long had committed the crime and that he had done it. Because the kidnapping, one, there was evidence against him, and it was extremely similar to his later conviction in regards to Sharon and, um, you know, that one, that was extremely similar. And even though Sharon's remains were never found, he basically admitted that he did do that, so... And why call them? Like, piece of shit. There was also a lot of circumstantial evidence that could tie him to the crimes. You know, there was eyewitness testimonies and his own admission that he was in the area that night. Like, come on, dude. So, I will just say, like, I'll give two more little paths because if for some reason Royal Russell Long didn't do it, he's not here to defend himself and the DNA was never confirmed, some of it. But... I will say, in April of 1985, there were numerous reports of Cinda and Charlotte being seen in Miami for about two months. They, it was basically reports that there were girls who looked like them, and the names these girls were using were close to Cinda and Charlotte. But when police um, locally searched into it, they couldn't find anything, and then there were also undercover detectives who went down to Miami, Florida, and couldn't find any traces of Cinda and Charlotte, and they could not find any traces of these two girls that were even reported. And then following 1985, the reports of seeing the girls in Miami basically died off, so I don't really know what that was about. The case was featured on an episode of America's Most Wanted, and that did not even turn up any new leads or anything substantial. There was one woman who came forward who said that she was Cinda, but unfortunately had a history of mental illness and was confirmed to not be Cinda. As of 2021, the bodies of Cinda Palais and Charlotte Kinsey have never been found by the police, but are most likely believed to be in Oklahoma where the girls were last seen. So. If their remains are located, there is DNA and dental records for the girls that could be compared. It's just about finding their remains or finding anything like that. So, very sad, but that's kind of where I have to leave it. That's, you know, all the evidence that's out there. My personal opinion is that I do think that it was Russell Long, I think, or Royal Russell Long, whatever the hell, disgusting Long, because I just think that there was so much evidence against him and in his vehicle. 
circumstantial evidence the two teenage boys literally said yes this was the man who we were with and we saw him drive away with Cinda and Charlotte and they're never seen or heard from again but it's him like I'm sorry I'm just I was convinced from just even without the DNA like the boys stories is too just weird and random even if they're under hypnotism, it just sounds too legit for like it just sounds too real. The fact that they said that they went along with this little scheme he was offering, he just drove away. That sounds like totally what happened. So and then the DNA evidence. How do you even explain that? There's no way to explain away the one girl's hairs being in your car and hair so deep that the root is on them and that her cat and dog hairs were in his car yeah explain that to me and you know what i wish they would have done i wish they would have gotten dna from these two teenage boys and seen if their hairs were in his car because even if he obviously didn't kidnap them if their hairs were in his car their story would be true that he drove away with the girls in his car and i'm assuming they're probably the ones that described the car to the police or at least gave a description of the car to the police so it's like yeah and i'm pretty sure there were multiple people who gave a description of the 1980 grand prix disgusting yeah so it's not just like that's the thing with this one that pisses me off because it wasn't just one person it was so many people told police about seeing this guy and giving this description description and saying it's him exactly i totally think it's him too but if for some reason charlotte and cinda are out there you know i will put the age progression photos maybe for some reason they did go to miami and are just living their life now so be i on hope the lookout. so i know i hope so i'll put the pictures for their age progression and what they look like at the time and like i said so police do think that if remains were to be found they would be in oklahoma city Somewhere close to, like, the fairgrounds or where the girls were seen that night and where Long was seen that night. So, you know, if the remains were found, maybe one day we could get a DNA test sometime soon and get some closure for the families because that I couldn't even imagine. I know. Oh, that was sad. I know. I'm sorry. I was like, let's do this fun little summer theme. And then this is one of those. Yeah, this is always how it is, but someone has to tell the victim's stories because, one, it keeps other people safe, and two, you have to remember these people. They're more than just, like, a little crime story, you know? They're real people with real families, real lives that were taken from them, and everybody always says, I never thought it could happen to me until Until it it happens to them, so people should just be aware, especially at the county fair, because it all seems so fun until someone does something real quick and then I was just bad going things to say that. Happen. I was just going to say the county fairs are crowded. You never know when one second you look at someone, the next, you know, just always be aware of your surroundings and who's Yeah. There. And this is no way to blame the girls at all no. or anybody. It's so adults and people who are responsible notice warning signs like this. I mean, this was obviously the 80s, so who yeah. knows, but when you see a six foot, two hundred pound man walking with two thirteen year old girls to, towards a truck, and they don't look like they know them, speaking up and maybe feeling awkward and like you're in the wrong is better than letting something go that is not right or exactly. suspicious. Exactly. Oh, couldn't have said it better myself. Good job, girl. So we'll just leave it at that, and we hope you all are enjoying your summer, and we'll see you guys. Yeah. 
next week for another county fair disappearance kidnapping episode Woo. stay safe you guys and we hope you're having a fun summer we love you thank you for listening Woo. bye bye want to creep on us follow us on social media at ew that's creepy podcast or send us an email at ew that's creepy podcast at gmail.com don't forget to rate review and subscribe Thanks, creepy cats.